Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. T-I-K-A dot com. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. a new Kamala Harris clip we'll play for you in a little bit. Haven't heard it yet. Don't know if it's uh, anything to sneeze at, but we'll uh, we'll play it for you coming up. Side for ourselves. I've mentioned this many times. If I was younger, I, I probably should be doing it now, but uh, certainly if I was younger, I would have been thinking every day, how, what can I come up with to put on YouTube or Snapchat or whatever and become rich? Because the gold rush is back on. You can discover gold, if you will. Anybody can and become wealthy practically overnight in a way that has never been true in human history. And you don't have to sail round the horn to California or the Yukon to do it. You just need to come up with an idea with your computer in your bedroom. And Everybody you, ages 12 to 30 in America around the world knows this, but that's no reason not to give it a try. No, and everybody can do it in a variety of ways. I was watching a, a, a guitar lesson on YouTube the other day, 
And I caught on to this guy. His name is Paul Davids. If you're a guitar player, you probably know who he is by now. I caught on to this guy early on. I remember when he was trying to get to 100,000 followers, and he was very excited when he hit 100,000 followers. He quit his job. I think he lives in Sweden. He quit his job as a music teacher, and he was going to full-time do the YouTube thing, and he talked about how scared he was and all that sort of stuff, and he would put together his YouTube videos clearly in a small apartment with his one guitar and everything like that. Well, now he has 3 million subscribers, he does his his videos from this palatial home that he apparently lives in now with a wall full of classic guitars. I mean, he changed his life in, what was that, three years? He went from a guy who was giving lessons to kids at a public school to a gazillionaire just by coming up with really clever videos. But he has a skill. That's what's holding me back. Maybe I could do a YouTube channel, How to Be Sarcastic About the News. Well, but you, the skill might just be the, the sarcasm. Being good-looking helps. Um, uh, there's reviews of everything, and if you can come up with a clever angle, you can become rich overnight reviewing hmm. anything. It's there, there, there are limitless ideas out there. I find, I find it fascinating. Or you can do this. You can just kind of be infamous... And cash in on it somehow. It started on Dr. Phil years ago. She was an out-of-control teenager. Mom didn't know how to handle her. And Mom wisely decided <laughs> to put her mouthy daughter on Dr. Phil's show to get some parenting advice. And this is how it went. So what do you think is going to happen when you happen to steal somebody's car that disagrees with that and decides that they're going to drop a hammer on you and prosecute you to the full extent of the law. Dad, you want time in jail. Jail ain't nothing. What? That's what I always do, and they never catch me. Ain't nobody going to catch me. Because you're too streetwise? Yup. And all these hoes laughing like so funny. She's talking about the audience that they're laughing at her. Did, did you say the, the, the hoes are laughing? Yep. So the audience are a bunch of hoes? Yep. Catch you outside? What does that mean? What I just said. Catch her outside, and she'll go outside and do what she has to do. (sighs) I was tired the first time I heard it years ago, and I'm still tired now. Although I predicted, you predicted, we all predicted, she was just going to have a very sad uh, life with probably an early violent or sad ending. And I certainly didn't expect her to become rich. Well, she just yesterday paid cash for a $6.1 million home in Florida. I'm looking at a picture here. It's enormous. It looks like your town library with a giant pool behind it. Yup. It's 92. It's 90. Yup. It's 9,200 square feet. It's in Boca Raton, Florida. It's not easy to pay $6 million cash for a home, especially when you're. $3.67 million home, you still own it. So she's going to put that up for sale now. Oh, so she's upgrading, huh, to the new place, the big place. And she's she's got so much money, she doesn't need to sell her $4 million home to come up with the cash to buy the $6 million home. Uh, She could, uh, you know, buy the the other one first and then sell this one. So that's the There's a picture of her here standing in front of her new home with what looks to be a Bentley. Yep. 
Her name is Danielle Brigoli, if you don't remember. She's also known as Bad Baby. She's a singer or rapper or something. Spelled B-H-A-D-B-H-A-B-I-E. Bad Baby. Bahad Bahabi, yes. <laughs> yup. Yup. Launched to online stardom on Dr. Phil quite a few years ago now, as she was, I think, 14 in that thing? And yeah, roughly, she's yeah. 19 now. She's crazy wealthy. She has 16 million Instagram followers. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was just mentioning the guitar guy. If he's, if he's making the kind of money he appears to be making off of 3 million subscribers on YouTube, 16 million followers will make you quite a bit of money. She's 19 years old, so she closed on the seven-bedroom, seven-bathroom spread uh, just the other day. Pretty Seems to be pretty proud of that. She has landed several multi-million dollar deals thanks to her manager who set her up a deal with Atlantic Records as a singer. And But she's... Or is anybody actually listening to her music? That's not how she's making her money, is it? It's mostly on time, online retailers like Fashion Nova and Cappy, Copycat Beauty. I don't know these. But she promotes sure. their products to her 16 million, 16 million fans. Yeah, I'm looking at her Instagram account, and uh, she has very large breasts. Yep. And, uh, very tight pants. Yes, so do a gazillion other women. Well, you can say that all day long, old man. She's got 16.3 million followers. You rounded her down 300,000 followers. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Her own indie music label that she's got worldwide, her music has been streamed more than 1.5 billion times. Well, you don't have to make much money per view if you got 1.5 billion streams going on there. Perhaps her most controversial source of income, though, is her OnlyFans account, which she debuted the moment she turned 18, because otherwise it would have been against the law. That's a subscription platform where people watch. Well, you can have an OnlyFans account where you do anything. Um, I think they're mostly f- famous for, like, scantily clad women, but you could have one where you show to repair a washer if you want to. Uh, she made a million dollars in the first six hours of her OnlyFans account when she was 18 years old, to give you an idea where her money is coming well, from. She how much in the first hour? She made a million dollars in the first six hours. Yep. <sighs> Yo, she uh, she's scantily clad, so it's not like porn porn. It's just her in lingerie, I guess. She's been to rehab a couple of times. She's only 19 years old. I still think she's going to end up sad and dead. But, uh, you know, so far she's doing better than I ever have or ever will financially. You know, it's funny. There are two stories that I've come across today that are of kind of your, your pop culture uh, you know topic and i can't figure out you, maybe you can help me with this so i hear that bahad bahabi <laughs> who's a, a sap of a juvenile delinquent um is making zillions and zillions of dollars because people are so number one if i'm going to be charitable selling youthful rebellion is at least a century old Okay, huge industry for pop music, movies, whatever. Rebel without a cause. It just it changes shapes and dialect and lingo and the rest of it, but it's more or less the same thing. So I guess I get that. But 
I mean, the fact that 16 million plus people hang on her every picture or word or whatever, and then when she pitches a particular brand of hoe trousers or make, <laughs> makeup or what have you, hoe trousers, yep. people, people flock. Yep, people flock to buy it. I mean, that's a that convinces me that the, the, the public is an ass. To quote, was that Mark Twain or uh, I can't remember. Anyway, uh, so and I believe that to my soul. That which is the most popular is almost never ever that which is the best. There are occasions when they intercept or interact or overlap. I guess is what I'm trying to say. But usually, uh, the popular is the crappy. I'm an elitist. Who are you people? That how many different people do you follow? I don't follow anybody on Instagram or Snapchat or any of those things, and I follow like three people who give guitar lessons on YouTube. So who are you people that are giving these gazillions and gazillions of follower follows to either Elon Musk or Kim Kardashian or Bad Baby or whoever? On the other hand, came across this story. You know the uh, the new, uh, what's his name, Wahlberg? I'm not good with movie stars because I don't give a crap. Mark Wahlberg um, and, and Mel Gibson are in this Father Stew movie about this tough amateur boxer brawler guy who becomes a Catholic priest. Yeah, they're okay? both uh, very religious people, Wahlberg and obviously Mel Gibson. So anyway, but this priest, uh, spoiler alert, he, he also has a disease, but he's trying to redeem himself. He's trying to live a good life and help people in spite of his rough background, the rest of it. Rotten Tomatoes, a dismal 44 rating from critics. About 75 film critics have weighed in, a dismal, dismal rating. Real human beings, 95. Yeah. People love it. And their comments are generally uh, pleasant change from the rest of the movies available. Excellent acting, profound message, great message, amazing performances. It teaches us how to be tolerant and persistent at the same time. Humanized priest and faith, life relatable, highly recommended, on and on and on. But the critics hated it. I'm not surprised that half the critics didn't want a religious, positive religious movie to be successful. Right. But so here I am on the one story, I'm like, the public is an ass. And on the other story, I'm like, you know, the public knows good when they see it. It's these pretentious <laughs> critics. Yeah, there you go. I see. That are jerks. I see your point. Yeah. So I don't know. What is it? Is it just there's probably a sweet spot between the unwashed masses and, and the elite normal people, by which, of course, I mean people like me. <laughs> well, I, I suppose the, be, even though 16 million people is a, a, enough followers to help you buy Six million dollar homes in Boca Raton. It's a tiny percentage of the population, so you only need to appeal to a tiny little sliver. That's a that's like five percent of the population, isn't it? Though, that's an ass load of people. Yep. I was thinking maybe they're, <laughs> maybe they're not all American. I don't know. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It is a global uh, platform. Good yeah. point. Uh, so I don't. Again, I don't. Am I a hypocrite, or I just don't like people on either end? Maybe that's it. <laughs> Actually, I don't like many people at all. But, um, maybe that's it. I don't think it's hypocritical. It's just there's there's somewhere between unwashed, uneducated people who like crap like, and and the elite, the real elite. If I drove a nail into my eye and I became the guy who's got a nail in his eye, could I get immediately get twenty million followers on everything and become incredibly wealthy? I mean, you just need a hook, right? <laughs> you gonna put the hook in the other eye or what? <laughs> That's what people tweet at you. Hey, take out your other eye. (laughs) You coward. (laughs) Unfollowed. Wouldn't take out his other eye. (laughs) Cannot recommend. Stay with us, Morning Way.
The Armstrong and Getty Show. So we're going to play a little of a Kamala Harris speech and see how long we can listen to it. <laughs> see how long see how long we can take it. I haven't heard it yet. I just I've read references to it all uh, all day long, so here we go. I think everyone here recognizes how extraordinary space is. Whether it is satellites that orbit the earth, humans that land on the moon, or telescopes that peer into the furthest reaches of the universe. Can you pause Space it, Michael? Space is exciting. It spurs our imagination. Um, am I the only person... My stress level rose immediately as soon as she started talking. I could feel my blood pressure increase. Yeah, I was uh, going to try to evaluate it. Um, why? What is it about her speaking style that is so off-putting to me? Yeah, I don't know. Roll on, Michael. And it forces us to ask big questions. It's it's not a political like, thing. Where did the audio go? It's not. A, Why did it end there? Big questions like that. I don't think it's a political thing because, like, I know some of you get off put by whoever you don't like in office. Like, but I don't. I didn't feel that way just hearing Obama's voice or Bush's voice or anybody like that. Hillary's voice, yes. Kamala's voice, yes. So maybe it's a woman thing. Although, no, I don't feel that way about Diane Feinstein or uh, 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 pick a bunch of other different women. They, they don't. I don't immediately go ah. Well, no, not at all. Maybe Kamala. What do Kamala and Hillary have in common? Uh, phoniness. Maybe that's it. Just completely phony sounding talk. Maybe that's it. Yes. 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 Yeah, there's that. Hillary was actually smart. Crazy smart. Kamala is pretending to be smart, so that's a little annoying, too. Non-genuine. Maybe that's it. Yeah, she was at uh, Vandenberg Air Force Base in California, by the way, talking, obviously, about how important space is. If Kamala Harris is sent to your event, be insulted. Your feelings should be hurt. She, uh, executive producer Mike Hansen points out, she does always talk as if she's talking to a four-year-old. Yeah. Like, I need to really kind of lay this on you in a certain way, because it's deep and complicated and you're dumb. Space is exciting. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. She ain't going to be president, and probably Joe Biden's not going to be either. So, man, what a wide-open race that is going to be starting here in about... What is it, May? Almost. I don't think there's a chance. Uh, There's not a chance Biden finishes his term. I think we're going to deal with a major constitutional crisis between now and then because uh, Biden's got to go. You know, 25th Amendment, whatever. He wanders off and is eaten by his own dog or something like that. (laughs) As we learned, his dog's much more vicious than any of us uh, suspected. Uh, And then... And then Americans of all parties agree Kamala Harris should not be the president of anything. She shouldn't be the president of your local beekeepers association, never mind the United States of America. And and there will be a major crisis. So it's being reported by The Hill right now as we talk about this. Biden reportedly told Barack Obama he will run again in 2024. No, he didn't. He's t- He's letting other people know. Okay. Uh, can I get some action on that, please? Name of a figure. You name the odds. Doesn't matter. I'll take it. Well, I don't know if he's going to wander off and be eaten by his own dog, as you suggested. But... That's one possibility. <laughs> 
But all this will start in just a few months. I know it's sickening, and I wish it weren't true, but as soon as the midterms are over in November, it's on. People are talking about the names, who's getting in, right and left. <laughs> Look forward to that. Yeesh. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Overall, the four strikes across the city killed at least seven people and injured about a dozen, including a child. The owner says they were just getting ready to open up the business for the day when the missile struck. Four of his employees, he says, were killed and several others were sent to the hospital. And at what appears to be such an obvious non-military target, it begs the question, was this a mistake by the Russian military or was this place targeted on purpose? Yeah, what do you think? I don't think they care. Uh, I heard one general describing indiscriminate bombing is, I mean, um, there's errant missiles there's targeting civilians and then there's just you just lob bombs everywhere because you don't care where they land that's what the russians are doing yeah i've got to admit i find that question a little odd at this point um they've been bombing the hell out of civilian targets for weeks now yeah so what is going on in Mariupol should be paid attention to and i'll explain uh who's saying that coming up in just a little bit they're about the russians are about to take that town there's Nobody doubting that that's going to happen at this point. Oh, and according to everybody, the Russian government is saying it, the Ukrainian government is saying it, and all of the media is saying that phase two of the war has begun today. Uh, and it's going to be a giant land battle on a very flat terrain. I heard it described as picture Kansas with tanks lined up on both sides and people with trenches dug in. This is going to be an old-timey, like something out of World War One slash World War Two battle that could go on for a very long time. Anyway, the Russians are trying to finish off Mariupol, which was a pretty big port city, and they've destroyed everything and killed almost everyone or driven them out. I'll read a little bit from The Hill. Russia demands surrender of Ukrainian forces hold up in a Mariupol steel plant. Russia has demanded the surrender from those seeking shelter currently in a metallurgical plant in the Ukrainian port city of Mariupol as the fight winds down. Multiple outlets, including Reuters and a French news agency, reported that Russia called on the fighters to lay down their arms by noon Moscow time if they wanted to live. The Ukrainians have ignored previous demands to do so from the Kremlin. We once again call on the Kiev authorities to show reason and give the corresponding orders to fighters to cease their senseless resistance. But understanding that they will not get such instructions and orders from the Kiev authorities, we call on the fighters to voluntarily take this decision and lay down their arms. One, the Ukrainians aren't exactly the surrendering type. And two, they don't believe you're going to let them live anyway. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. On Monday, the Ukrainian parliament said on Twitter that at least a thousand civilians are in the underground shelters in that plant. I didn't know that. Mostly women and children and the elderly. Oh, boy. So you got a thousand men, women, kids, and old people that are down there in that giant plant, along with Ukrainian soldiers. Footage circulating on social media released by Mariupol City Council on Telegram also showed heavy smoke rising from the air following an attack on the Azovstal steel plant, according to NBC News and Sky News. That plant is one of Europe's biggest 
steel plants, and the factory's tunnels, which can withstand bombings because it was built that way, are providing cover for the remaining Ukrainian forces in Mariupol. So they could be there for a long time. Of course, eventually you run out of water and food, and that sort of thing. I've got to admit, I was kind of excited in a weird, desperate way about the idea of this uh, this incredibly large and complex plant with the tunnels and all being a hornet's nest in the middle of Mariupol, and that the uh, Ukrainian fighters, for as long as they could, could launch attacks from it, sneak out at night to do all sorts of damage and and give the Russians hell. But the presence of, what did you say, a thousand civilians? Yeah, a thousand oh, men, that, women, and elderly. That changes I mean, sorry, everything. Women, children, and elderly. Yeah. Yeah, so then to the paying attention to a part of it, Jane Norginger writes in the National Review today, and a number of people have called this steel plant the Ukraine's Alamo. With all that's going on in the world, it's easy to let the war in Ukraine, now in its 54th day, fade into the background. But we shouldn't. The news rushes by, and if you're like me, you glance at headlines, only occasionally reading an article all the way through. You get the gist. There are only so many hours in a day. And when it comes to Ukraine, what is there new to know? There's bombardment, murder, displacement, horror. It all blends together, and you get a little numb. But in Mariupol, the Ukrainians are taking a heroic stand. Are the rest of us capable of being moved? That is a good question. The Alamo is a significant thing in American history. People still talk about it. It's still a uh, tourist destination. You learn about it in school, or at least you used to. And I'm sure it will be in Ukraine, but, you know, carve out a little, a moment to recognize what is going on there, I suppose. Can we combine recognition with some serious arms, please? Right, right, right. Because feelings don't do anybody any good. You know, as I said earlier, at this moment in history when Ukraine desperately, most desperately needs help, more than it probably ever will again, our national security team, the great superpower, Joe Biden, Anthony Blinken, Jake Sullivan, and Kamala Harris. Oh, boy. I weep for Ukraine at their terrible luck. How much is Joe Biden being pushed from the left on getting more involved, I wonder? Yeah, I, I'd imagine it's from all over the place, left, right, and center. I don't uh, I don't get a real sense of a divide. No. I'm hearing more no. voices from the left than usual saying, let's make war. Make no, war, not love. I don't hear a clear divide either, on uh, politically anyway. But we played the clip of Senator Chris Coons on Face a Nation saying uh, in a speech the other day, it's not if, but when. U.S. troops get involved, and we need to have that conversation. So, I don't know. That's the first U.S. senator I've heard say that out loud. Yeah. Well, speaking of Chris Coons, you got any objection to playing that clip we've got of him? No, we can Clip number 30? Yeah, go ahead, Michael. In some public remarks this week, you said um, the country needs to talk about when it might be willing to send troops to Ukraine. If Vladimir Putin, who has shown us how brutal he can be, is allowed to just continue uh, to massacre civilians, to commit war crimes um, throughout Ukraine uh, without NATO, without the West uh, coming more forcefully to his aid, um, I I, I deeply worry that what's going to happen next is that we will see Ukraine turn into Syria. Mm-hmm. The American people cannot turn away from this tragedy in Ukraine. I think the history of the 21st century turns on how fiercely mm-hmm. we defend freedom in Ukraine and that Putin will only stop when we stop him. He's got the ear of the president, they're friends, and he says the history of the 21st century depends on this. So I don't know. I don't know where this is going. 
what is Biden, who's got a history of half measures and weakness and saying no to the bin Laden raid, for instance? I mean, what does he feel? What does he think policy wise? And is he together enough to implement it or to get it, get it through? Is he truly in command? I don't know. You know, I was thinking the other day about this. The Obama administration famously their foreign policy was when they came into office was don't do stupid s and that was his reason for not drawing the red line in syria when russia used chemical weapons for not drawing in sort of line when russia went into crimea don't do stupid s well here's the problem doing nothing sometimes can be stupid s yeah ian bremer's been tweeting a lot about we let Putin have a pass these three times. That's why he logically thought he could do it again. It's not it's not stupid for he miscalculated and it didn't turn out well and history will recognize that. But it's not crazy that he thought he could get away with this because he'd gotten away with it multiple times before. So that is stupid as that's the problem with the whole pacifist idea or the doing nothing idea. A lot of times you feel like you're making the wise decision by not doing anything, but that's not always the way it works out. You are doing no. something. Right. It's a sin of omission. Sin of say. omission, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's tough to watch. Yeah, and if, if if Putin is able to grind this out over a couple of years and take a big chunk of Ukraine and then launches on another NATO country, thinking he can get away with it, and then we are in the war, then what have we accomplished? We just let him have, bit by bit, lots of people dying, and you still end up in the same spot. I think that's really unlikely. On the other hand, I'll say this. I think virtually every non-NATO country in Europe is filling out the forms right now, filling out the application. Yeah. Anyway, these are all... T- I'm, I never want to act like a talk show host who thinks these are easy decisions or there are clear yes and no answers because it is not that way. These are the tough ones. This is why you get to get the credit or blame in history, because you're at the level where you're making some really hard decisions. And this is why presidents age like dogs. Unfortunately, this one started the gig ancient. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, and maybe the biggest breaking news of the day that's being reported everywhere now. I wonder who leaked this. Did Obama leak it? Obama almost had to leak it, didn't he? Joe Biden told Barack Obama when they were together the other day that he is running. Joe Biden is running in 24. So did Obama leak that out so the Democrats would have time to push back? Or, Well, uh, did he actually say in 2024, or did he tell Barack that he's running for the presidency, thinking mistakenly that it's 2018? Or 1988. Right, right, yeah. I'd have had to been there. Gotta reject Reaganism. I know I can beat Jack Kemp. I just need a chance. We 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 were talking about this off the air the other day. At what point do Democrats start leaking to the press how senile Joe Biden is to try to push him out? People who have their eye on the White House, whether it's Kamala Harris or Poot Edge Edge or whoever it is. People that are around him all the time and could give some delicious stuff to the New York Times or the Washington Post, given that your late night comics and Saturday Night Live are making jokes about how ancient the president is. 
I think they're all so anxious to do that. They're waiting for the midterms, but they're dancing back and forth from foot to foot like a little kid doing the pee-pee dance. They can't wait to unleash that, those who sniff a chance at the presidency. Who, who does it come from? Kamala's uh, wing? or How? Oh, boy. Is it even possible she's so delusional she doesn't realize she will never, ever, ever Get a shot at the presidency. Hey, Kamala, you got you're you're at thirty eight percent approval in San Francisco. All right, yeah. if you're at thirty eight percent in San Francisco, you ain't going to convince anybody else in the, anywhere else. I mean, if Eric Trump, bad baby, and Kamala ran for president, she'd come in third. <laughs> yep. Yep. Eric Trump and bad baby, hilarious. We'll finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. For sure, it would be very problematic if I was consuming billions of dollars a year in personal consumption. But that is not the case. In fact, I don't even own a home right now. I'm literally staying at friends' places. I, if I travel to the Bay Area, where most of Tesla Engineering is, I, I stay in my, I basically rotate through friends' spare bedrooms. I don't have a yacht. I, I really don't take vacations. So it's not as though there's, um, that my personal consumption is, is high. I mean, the one exception is a plane, but if I don't use the plane, then I have less hours to work. There you go. Elon Musk talking about his lifestyle, which is pretty very couch surfs. When he's traveling around, he stays in friends' spare bedrooms, has a plane just so he can work more, doesn't have a yacht, etc., etc. Hmm. I know he drives. I have different priorities. <laughs> <laughs> he's an interesting dude. There's no doubt about it. Um, I want to get to this because this is kind of breaking news from the hill. Let me give you the backdrop on this before I give it to you. Gallup survey out today which I believe I said earlier in the show, is going to get some attention in Washington, D.C. Gallup survey out today, 41% of Americans worry a great deal about illegal immigration. 41% worry a great deal. That's a high number for worrying a great deal about anything. And then another 19% worry a fair amount, so you got a total of 60% fair amount or great deal about the border. So then this from the Hill, which I don't think it's a coincidence that this just came out, it's that poll. From Gallup, that came out earlier. Democrats fearing a deluge of migrants at the southern border. It's already happened. But even more this summer are pressuring Joe Biden to back off his decision to lift the Trump-era Title 42 order next month. The pushback is growing to include President's moderate allies. So Democrats are pushing Biden to say, ah, no. But I I don't understand. They don't have a leg to stand on, though. You can't make the argument that we can't let these people in because of the COVID rule. No, it's it's this weird cowardice yet recognizing reality. Look, we can't, for instance, more than 80,000 people were released into the U.S. to wait uh, appearances in immigration uh, court in March. More than 80,000. Highest okay? numbers in 20 years. 
Right. So there, and, and that's going to take years and years. There's a backlog of 1.5 million cases. So it's just a joke. But the Democrats are saying, look, we've got to do something about this. We've got to do it, but we can't actually change the law. I tell you what, let's just use that weird Trump uh, 42 thing. Let's keep that in place. Nobody will blame us for it, but please, please do something. Don't want to be too hip for the room if you don't know that this uh, rule 42 is basically you can keep people out because you're worried about COVID. And that worked pretty well. And there's a legitimate reason to want to. There's all kinds of legitimate reasons to want to keep people from illegally crossing your border. Hold on. Uh-oh. Oh, it's the COVID. It's the oh, Omicron. It's the oh, second, everybody's got it. It's the second variant. Um, but so Trump was using that both to, with COVID and, you know, to keep illegals out. It was a good reason. Biden was going to end it to be nice to immigrants. But he's getting pushed back from his own party saying, don't. We're already getting killed in the polls on this. Wait till the wait till the word gets around that you can really come across the border even easier now. But so you're going to use COVID as your excuse for keeping illegals out and yeah, not yeah. national sovereignty? That seems like a pretty uh, good argument. Par- pardon my French, but that's how effed up all of this is. The number of people trying to uh, sneak across the border has quintupled just about. And as you point out, if they get the word that, oh, they won't turn you back for any reason, how many are going to rush in then? Lord help us. Build a wall. It's time for a true international level of pressure. I, it, uh, it's, it's time for diplomatic health care. Uh, it's time for final thoughts. With hamstring spaghetti. There you go. Come here's, on. Here's, Thank you, Mr. President. Here's your host, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. Our technical director will lead us off. Michelangelo, final thought? If Catch Me Outside Girl can earn millions of dollars, I got to have some sort of talent that I can make like $100 a week, you know, maybe $200 a month or something. <laughs> exactly. I've got the idea for you. It'll be my final thought. Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? On this day in 1950, the legend Vin Scully started his broadcasting career calling baseball games for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Tonight, I start mine. I'll be on the road the next couple days calling minor league baseball for the first time professionally. Cool. Have fun, man. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, get a good home run call ready. We want to hear it. Uh, Jack, a final thought? Yes, I have in my hand a new book of poetry from Tim Sandifer. He used to be Tim the Lawyer on our show. He is a published poet, in addition to being a lawyer who argues for freedom in America. I can do this, and i got to come up with something else. It feels like people accomplish way more than I. I maybe I'll learn to juggle really good. Or uh, no, he, Yeah, he's a polymath. I'm a no-math. i got no maths. Anyway, my final thought, Michael, I will remind you of what I talked about earlier today, this seminar you can pay a lot of money to be in. Are your nonprofit's charts and graphs racist? Learn how to incorporate diversity, equity, and inclusion in data visualization. What the hell is a racist graph? What's a racist chart? Well... I mean, I could use, I could make some joking examples, but I'm afraid the DEI crowd would come for us, so I'm not going to. But what the hell would it take to make a graph racist? It's that whole critical race theory technique of just having you on your heels, having you worried, having you in reactive mode. Boy, I'd almost like to sign up for this just so I could screw with them. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank. So little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. If you missed a part of the show, you can grab it via podcasts, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Get yourself some swag, a nice t-shirt or a sweatshirt or something like that. Or drop us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless America.
Can we uh, get out of here, please? It's over! I got my sexy pants on. I said bye. Get the hell out of here! Go away! It's 100 on the crazy meter. you got to be kidding me. Oh! Okay. So, let's go out with a bang. I mean, if, if the whole economy takes a serious dump, you, I mean, like... There's got to be a better term than <laughs> the economy. You put it, taking a dump. Is a better choice of words available. Are you sh- Yep. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash Parity for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.